we're going to talk about uh, generational generosity. And you've already heard me talking, so I'm going to just introduce and, and we're going to hear from the family. Uh, Greg uh, and I have known each other for, I don't know, about seven or eight years at least. Um, and I, I can only say this very top level because I want to talk about the family, not us. But Greg gave me some really great ideas on how to build ministry and to uh, reach out and find others to, who, be, who can be partners. And uh, I got to tell you that all of his ideas have worked. So therefore, uh, I think we'll leave it at that. All your ideas have worked. He's been a huge help, been an incredibly help to me and a friend and all we've been doing in New York and around the world. But what I want to hear from uh, the Brennemans is how over the years they not only have been a generous family, but they truly have been involving their entire family in generosity. So Greg, maybe I'll ask you to, to take it from here. Thanks, Tim. You know, uh, the reason the ideas worked is because of you and your team and you're so good at executing them. I think any idea would have worked, but but that's very, uh, very kind. You're a good friend. Um, I'm going to talk just a very short amount of time about our own family's uh, journey of generosity, and I'm going to rely on Rhonda and Bethany to carry the water here and talk about how we initially taught financial responsibility uh, to our kids and then along with that generosity, because I think they go hand in hand. Rhonda and I both grew up Timothy's, not Paul's, and so we were, uh, we were, didn't have a magical conversion, but we really stood on the shoulders of people that taught us a lot. And we've been trying to pass that along. And I'll give you one quick example of that. My great uncle Lyle was my first and probably biggest mentor in my life. And he, he was an inventor, first of all. So if you ask him or he was to tell you what God's purpose for his life was, he'd say it was to mechanize the world for farmers. And so when he was a kid, he had to shovel grain uh, from the combine into the wheat truck. So he invented the auger. And uh, when he was baling hay, some of you, I, I see you're old enough to know what a pitchfork is. They had to throw pitchforks on the back of what, uh, you know, hay, uh, be a pitchfork on the back of the wagon. You've seen pictures of that. So he actually invented the machine that made the first hay bale, then the one that made those big round bales, the one that made the big square bales, and turned it into a Fortune 500 company. But he asked, if you ask him what his purpose in life was, he said it was to give away all his money before he died. My great uncle died in uh, 2012 at 99. He actually managed to give all his money away at 97. And I think that actually made him happier than anything. His kids were a little concerned about that, but it made him pretty happy. My kids tell me I'm not going to live to be 99. They're watching my condition deteriorate, and they say, Dad, we can go faster. But uh, that's, a, that's another question. Uh, we've raised and trained our children to do the same thing. So from the time they were very young, Rhonda will take you through that, until today where they're 30, Bethany's 28, she's the rose between two thorns, and Aaron is, uh, is 26. Uh, we've done that. Our greatest joy in giving, honestly, for the last 15 years, in addition to supporting great ministries like uh, Tim's New York Project, has actually been uh, giving with our children. So we give all of our money away as a family together. Uh, the kids all have assignments. We have a theme, Faith at Work, after my great uncle. Uh, he actually started the largest dairy in Latin America to employ people to minister to them through Christ and did some other interesting things like built the Aspen Chapel. If you ever go to Aspen, it's dedicated to my grandpa, who was a Mennonite bishop that traveled around preaching. But we've had that sort of family a theme of Faith at Work. Every family member is assigned charities that they come back every year and do the diligence on and report on. And after brunch on Christmas morning, uh, we actually spend the rest of the day in a family meeting allocating our monies 
for the next year with our children. So that's kind of the overlay of how that worked uh, in, terms of, uh, in terms of how we approached it. Uh, well, you know what? I think as uh, fathers, we probably don't know the details. We're, we're, we're kind of big picture guys, right? And so uh, I'm wondering whether or not that, that you, uh, that both Rhonda and Brittany could flesh this out. Because even though it sounds wonderful at this top level, I don't know how the heck this actually works. So would you please? <laughs> Neither do I. Yes. And so Greg, so just let, me let's your just, let me just ask Rhonda okay. and Dad. Brittany to say, how does this actually work out, really? And, and also, they're in their 20s now, but I mean, did you, when did this just turn on suddenly at a certain time, or when, how did you like get, how did you get them started? So, you know, as parents, we all have to be intentional. I mean, time goes like this, and all of a sudden, you're sitting next to 28 years right here. And so, at the very beginning of life, when they're little kids and money's coming into their hands, maybe grandma sends $20. We got this idea from somebody else, but it quickly became our idea. We used a ledger. And this is a book of pluses and minuses. So when grandma sent the $20, the book would be open. Now, we're, how, do you teach gener how do you teach generosity? Well, first you have to understand money. So at a very young age, they would get out their pencil and they would write plus $20 gift. So all of a sudden, there's $20 positive in their pocket, which then they gave to us because we became the bank. Then let's say that said daughter goes out in the yard and for five hours she's pulling weeds in the heat and she comes in, I'm like, oh, you've earned some money, here's $2. True that. We would argue, did she pull the weeds? But anyway, she earned $2. I pulled a lot of weeds. <laughs> so in the book goes plus $2. So now there's $22 that's in her name. I think you, maybe even as young as the age of eight, we started this. So how do you teach money? You're at the store and the child says, look at this toy, it's amazing, I want it, it's only $14. I'm like, that's a great toy. And the child goes, well, you're gonna buy it for me, right? I'm like, no, I don't really need any toys, but you have money. You mean I have to spend my money on the toy? I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's money, you've earned money, how are you gonna spend it? So it's a choice. Some children spend it all without any thought. Some people don't spend the money. I mean, it's interesting. At very young ages, you start to see somebody's kind of bent towards money. Sundays would roll around. We'd take out the ledger. If monies had been brought in, we'd talk about being a cheerful giver. God loves us to bring money back to the church. 10% is an easy thing to teach even. If you earn $2, take off a zero, you got 20 cents. So the child would do minus 20 cents. You put the two dimes in their hand and they took their money that they had earned and they gave it at church. So at a very young age, we were intentionally teaching giving back to church. As parents, you wonder, does any of it stick, right? I mean, none of us know how to do this parenting thing. And I like to think about um, our son Andrew was away at college. End of the year, I'm rifling through mail, just opening envelope, envelope, envelope. Oops, I opened something that was Andrew's. Should I read it? No, I'll go ahead and read it. And then, I mean, it happens. And it was, as I'm reading the letter, where he attended college, a church that he'd been attending. So I'm like, good, he's attending church. And lo and behold, it was the annual contribution of giving. And I'm like, oh my gosh, should I keep going? Yes, I kept going. And sure enough, he had given money. Now, at that point, he was not earning much, but I was like, it was like a fire in my hands. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He is giving money without his parents, like, managing and saying, you know, take your 20 cents to church. 
And I remember reaching out to Greg, whether he was in town or not, whether it was a call or at night that night, I don't remember, but it was like, look, it's happening. And so, you know, we only have so much time with kids before they're on their own, but through a simple thing like a ledger, we were able to kind of manage money's in and then how they would choose to spend money. Uh, and you, eight, when did you start, do you think, with these I was, I would say, you know, eight. And we did it all through the ages of when, about the age of 15 or 16, when you could open a checking account. And whatever that balance was went into the checking account. So mm. occasionally Greg would kind of tag on little interest. We became right. the de facto bank, then, you know. It was uh, a learning tool. And uh, Brittany, let me ask you, can you remember your 10-year-old self? Did this sound like, how did it feel? Did you feel like my, my parents are just making a mountain out of a molehill? Why, what, what, what's all this about? Why can't you just support me? Good, can't you see I'm a, I'm a dependent child? What is, what is I, I'm just trying to, what, what was your consciousness of it? Did you really like it? Was it great? I mean, what do you remember about it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for our family, money was never taboo. It was never a weird subject to talk about. And I feel like because we started so young, it was never unusual that things cost money. It was just ingrained in us from the beginning. Um, and it was a valuable lesson. So like my mom was talking about, we would, you would put in your credits and then you would instantly take off that 10% to give to church, which I think from a young age really instills in you that none of the money you get is yours. Um, and tithing and learning to be generous more than anything, it's, it's giving back to God what he's given to you. So I think it takes away a bit of that possession of it. Um, and then we would have debits. So, you know, like my mom was talking about, if you wanted a toy or a souvenir from a trip, um, if you lost your glasses, that was pretty painful. Um, $300 <laughs> minus. It was actually 360 <laughs> and I remember that because I wrote it in my ledger. <laughs> um, if you accidentally keyed the car, you had to pay to repair the car. 250 dropped. I mean, like, boom. Yes. Sorry. Um, but it was not only things, we were also punished for behaviors. Every kid has their thing. My older brother was always trying to sneak things into the house he wasn't supposed to. My younger brother was always tardy, and I was always a bit sassy. So we'd be in the car, and I'd be talking back about something, and my mom pretty calmly would just start going, 5, 10, 25, 50. Sometimes it escalated. It was a painful lesson to put that in my ledger. Everything but, has a cost, I'm just saying. But sometimes it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so that we was, said it was comedy hour. That's what we got. <laughs> yeah, that was our basis for learning about money. Uh, I got a question, another question, but first, one thing I'm learning here, though, is you can't really only teach generosity or only thrift, like savings, or only financial responsibility, like do you really want that toy? If you want, if it's, it, you're gonna have to pay for it. And I can see a kid saying, well, if you're gonna pay for it, I'd say get it for me. And if I have to pay for it, I'm not sure I want it. And so uh, there's, you're actually teaching, Rhonda, you're right in saying, you have to teach them about money, not just generosity. Yeah. It has to all, you have to be teaching them all the different aspects at once. Yes, and it, you know, it was a continuum. And what's amazing is now to have a 30, 28, and 26-year-old and to see kind of those attempts at, at teaching money, to see them lived out in their lives. 
whether it's through their own generous giving, which now they each give, and I don't look at all their mail anymore because it doesn't come to my house, so I don't have the privy to look at it. But if I went to their house and got it, that would be strange, but I know they're giving. So, um, But one thing Greg mentioned about generous giving is at the end of each year, we gather as a family and we earmark, our earmark money that we're together going to discuss, and each of the kids, the 20s, have an opportunity. Well, that was my, we only have time for one more question. I, with the family decision making though when did you when did you bring that in i mean what at what age did you incorporate the, the your kids into that so we started talking as a family about giving end of high school beginning of college okay. um so like they were both talking about on christmas we have the amount of money that's given being given away and then that's allocated to different organizations we can bring a new organization into that, but if we bring an organization, we have to be ready with a budget so you know exactly where the money's going as well as what it's gonna do. So what it taught us from an early age, there are so many different places you can give money to, but you really wanna give your money where it's effectively gonna be used. So how do you weed that out? That was part of our Christmas giving. Um, we were put in charge of organizations individually and also together with my siblings. Um, which, you know, caused a lot of interesting conversations that we're now all better for. Um, actually, a, a couple weeks ago, my older brother had made a connection with an organization in Houston where he lives and really liked it and gave money to it. So then he shot me all the information so that I could get involved and give money to that same organization in Denver. So it's really laid a foundation not only for having the joy of giving with my parents, but also growing into the joy of giving with my siblings so we can continue that, you know, as we get older. Well, listen, uh, this, we have to sum up right now, but I'm, I'm very impressed. You're saying when you were in high school, yes. they already, you already started getting them in on those, those family decisions? Mm -hmm. That's, that's uh, courageous in a way. Well, because let, let me say real quick, one there courageous was idea <laughs> was the youngest one came with this amazing presentation and in the end he wanted us to fund his own audio business and we're like, oh, not quite what we're looking for, but it was a learning, it was a training yeah. ground. So I'm just, you know. But, but they got to start somewhere and I, exactly. think, I think that's great. I, I, yeah. This has been very helpful. Thanks very, very much. I'm, we're going to have to stop right now. Though.